Hey guys, welcome back to Cheap Shot. Uh, boy, do we have a lot to cover from this past weekend. Um, I'm currently recording this on Sunday night. Um, I just got done watching the 49ers and Colts play. That was a complete mess. Um, I'm not going to talk about that game too much because I really don't care about it other than the Indianapolis Colts looked awful. That's who my Tennessee Titans are playing next week. Um, so, Wow. I mean, a lot happened this week. I do want to start out with the Wednesday game that we had and talk about Coastal Carolina and how much of a jinx I am to every team that I like and I think has, you know, potential to look great throughout the season, make it to big bowl games. Uh, I'm just a complete and utter jinx at this point. I fully believe it. So as you know, the Coastal Carolina uh, Chanticleers and the App State Mountaineers played each other Wednesday night, and oh my gosh, I just I can't believe it to be honest. I mean, I can I can believe it because you know App State's not a bad ball team, but Coastal Carolina, man, I mean, oh my gosh, I just I don't even know where to start with this. Um, I've had, uh, let's look at some of the stats. So, let's see. Coastal, 18 first downs. App State, 22. Uh, third down conversions. Coastal was 3 for 9, where App State was 6 for 11. Um, I mean, there's nothing. The big thing that impresses me here is the total yards throughout the game. Coastal finished off with 346. App State finished with 572. Utterly insane. Um, let's see. They had to, uh, App State had 225 yards rushing, and Coastal had 55. App State passed for 347. Uh, Coastal was they weren't too far behind them with 291. Obviously, wasn't enough to get the job done. Penalties, it surprises me that App State, you know, it surprises me that Coastal didn't make App State pay for these seven penalties they had. I mean, they, they had 76 yards on seven penalties, um, whereas Coastal had five for 52. Uh, let's see. They each shared two rushing touchdowns. Coastal had one. App State had two. Um, now, what really surprises me is that Coastal won the turnover battle. They had zero turnovers to App State's two. Obviously, Coastal didn't do something right and capitalized on those turnovers that they, you know, that they had the opportunity to score on. Um, whether it be the offense stalling out, I wasn't real sure. It was I, I was watching the game, but not watching the game. I was trying to get home. I was on the way home. Just I had it pulled up on my phone, but I was really listening to it more than watching it, so I didn't know all what went down. But to me, it just looks like it just looks like App State just outperformed. Um, I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, now we do have, let's see, um, total plays. App State ran sixty-eight. The Coastal's fifty-two. And again, I mean, App State didn't run away with this one. I mean, it was thirty to twenty-seven. It was a last-second field goal for App State. You know, they were hyped and everything. Fans stormed the field. Um, I mean, congratulations to App State. That's a huge win over, at the time, number 14-ranked Coastal Carolina. Um, but, again, I think I'm just a huge jinx. Uh, 
we'll get into some other games that I think I completely jinxed here in just a little while. But yeah, I did want to start with that Wednesday night game. Um, I don't, I don't believe Grayson McCall had a horrible game. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I don't believe he had a horrible game. Uh, let's see, 15 for 23, 291 yards, uh, 10 yards per pass, not bad at all. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. I just, I think it comes down to me. I'm a, <laughs> I think I'll call Coastal and, and tell them they can put this loss on me because, you know, I really talked them up in the last pod, and obviously that didn't work out too well for them. No, nah, but in all seriousness, congratulations to App State. I think they just played one heck of a ball game. Um, came out on top. You know, I mean, it's any, any given Saturday, any given Sunday, any given Wednesday, any day you're liable to get beat. So, um, let's see. Anyway, you know, it is what it is. Um, Grayson McCall, you know, guy's a dog. Um, now, I do know that Peoples, the running back, for App State is an absolute dog. I'm not sure if he played because um, I know I think it was last week he wasn't. Um, I don't think he played last week. I think he had some kind of lower extremity um, injury. Now let's skip over to the AP poll which was released today. We've got let's run through it real quick. In order Starting at 1, going 225, we've got Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Michigan State, Iowa, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Wake Forest, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Pittsburgh, Auburn, SMU, Penn State, San Diego State, Iowa State, UTSA, Coastal Carolina, which fell a few spots, obviously, and then we've got BYU coming in at 25. And then, obviously, there's always others receiving votes, but you don't count because you don't have a number. Um, So, not a big shakeup in the top four. Alabama jumps Oklahoma after that horrendous performance. They called a football game. I'm just here to tell you, Oklahoma is going to lose a football game that will put them out of the playoff race. I'm telling you, it is coming. And I know that the AP poll doesn't determine necessarily the playoff teams, but... I mean, nine times out of ten, it does. They may, you know, they may want to slip. Uh, by the time the voting starts, I think it's early November, they may want to slip Oklahoma out because uh, they obviously see what everybody else sees, that they're they're not a good football team. They're not a playoff football team um, like their record indicates. Now, this week, they play Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech, it depends on what Texas Tech team shows up. I mean, you can get one that's, the high-powered offense that we've always, you know, that we always hear about and we always know, or you can get the one that you don't hear about, which is the one that puts up 20 points in a game and then get blow and then gets blown out by 30 because their defense obviously doesn't exist and it never does. And then they've got a bye week, and then November 13th they play Baylor. That could go either way. That's a pretty big rivalry game. Um, I'm I I am not gonna. I'm not going to say I'm not going to make predictions, but it seems like every time I make a prediction, I'm wrong. I think I'm like 0 for 3 right now, um, if I'm not mistaken. They play Iowa State. Again, it depends on what Iowa State team shows up. Um, if it's the one that just beat, you know, Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State, 
and they may have a shot at beating Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma's got to turn around after that and play Oklahoma State. So, that, I mean, they've really hit a gauntlet. I mean, they're done playing the, the Kansas and the Nebraskas and all that crap, okay? They have gotten into the meat of their schedule, and I believe that – I believe they lose two of these ball games, two out of the next four at least, at least, and it sends them packing. That's just – that's my opinion. Um that's what I see happening, especially with, like I said, this gauntlet that they're about to hit with these teams that are good and good enough to beat them. I just don't see Oklahoma staying undefeated throughout the rest of the season. Um, Alabama moved up to number three with a, eh, I mean, touch and go kind of game against Tennessee. Yeah, the score doesn't indicate it, but that game was a lot closer than it than it uh, than the score indicates. Um. You know, the defense was real sketchy. I don't know why the middle of the field was open so much all night, but it definitely was. Um, now, props to Tennessee. Tennessee is not a bad football team. Tennessee is in a rebuilding stage with uh, Josh Heupel. Um, you know, he hasn't done a horrible job. I mean, he's got Tennessee to – I mean, I'm I'm 21 I'm, – I'm almost 21 years old. I'll be 21 in November. And the last time that I, that Tennessee beat Alabama, and from what I can understand has been relevant, was when I was five years old. I have never seen, I, in my memory, I can never remember a time when Alabama lost to Tennessee. And as far as I can remember, um, besides a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago when they, when they played us at Bryant-Denny, it was a pretty close game there at the end. But besides that, I believe that was just kind of a fluke game. Besides that, um, this year is probably the best I've seen them battle against Alabama in a very long time. Um, like I said, Josh Heifel has them on the right track. Uh, that quarterback that they have, I believe his last name's Hooker, the guy is good. The guy is good, and he's tough. Um, I, I think if you could compare him to another quarterback in the SEC, it would have to be the uh, quarterback from Arkansas. They seem to have the same build, the same mentality. You know, I'm going to run it and I'm not going to slide because I'm not, you know, that that uh, that normal quarterback that's just going to slide or going to get, get what I can and slide or get out of bounds. Um, he's going to take those hits. Now, in the future, he may want to be a little smarter with that. Um, it can get you in trouble at times. I know he was hurting at the end of that old Miss game um, last week. So we'll just have to uh, – we'll just have to see what he does in the future. Um, but, yeah, I – Tennessee did put up a great fight there for a little while. Alabama, you know, Alabama's just so powerful on offense. Once they get things rolling, it's kind of hard to stop. Uh, the only team I see stopping them is Georgia. I re that's 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 the only team with such a dominant defense that I see stopping Georgia. And I'm sort I'm sure Georgia is going to watch that Tennessee Alabama film and see something that they like and be chomping at the bits to get to it. Because, I mean, Alabama did have to dig into the bag a little bit. They had to work for it. I mean, Tennessee had them on the ropes at half. Uh, I believe Alabama was up seven at halftime. So, I mean, it wasn't – Alabama definitely wasn't comfortable going into half. Um, and if I'm Alabama, I'm not comfortable with the, the, with the uh, final product either, no matter what the scoreboard says. Now, again, a win is a win, but you can't be complacent. You cannot be complacent. When you get complacent, that's when you lose your consistency. That's when you lose your dominance. 
kind of like against Texas A&M a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe Alabama's on a bye week. This coming week, this Saturday, um, so maybe they've got, you know, they'll get some things cleaned up, some things fixed. Uh, I believe we play LSU next. And, again, you just don't know what you're going to get. The guys may come out and fight for Ed. They may not show up at all. Um, I am glad that's the this will be the last time that I have to see Alabama play any Ed Ogeron coach team for a long time because I believe he'll have a hard time finding a job if he even wants one after this. Um, Cincinnati had a pretty scary one. Um, was it Navy? I want to say it was Navy, but let me check really quick. I know that I know it was close um, there for a little while. I think they may have pulled off just a little. No, it was close the whole way through. Cincinnati beat Navy by seven. I believe Navy was one in five before. Yeah, they were one in five before the game. They're one in six now. <sighs> to be honest with you, I, I think it was just, I didn't watch the game. I saw some of the highlights. I think Cincinnati just kind of rolled in there and thought they were going to do whatever they wanted to to that Navy, that Navy team. Um, and it just didn't turn out that way. Um, uh, it was a crazy week in college football. Um, I, th I believe that's why Cincinnati stayed at two. Um, because there was, you know, they didn't blow them out. But at the same time, I think the committee just kind of understood that it was kind of it was kind of a sleeper game for them. They just kind of fell asleep, uh, you know, fell asleep at the wheel. I, I, now, I do think that that game – woke them up a little bit, made them realize that they've still got work to do and they've got to show up every week. Let's see. We've got Ohio State at 5, Michigan at 6, and Michigan State at 8. Um, I'm skipping over Oregon because uh, they'll just end up in a bowl game like they do every year. I don't think there's really any hope for them at this point after that loss to Stanford, and I believe they had a close one this week too, just trying to figure out the offense. Um, but yeah, Ohio State at five. There's some people saying they're back. There's some people saying they're back. I have yet to see it. Uh, they beat up on an Indiana team. Doesn't impress me very much. I mean, it's Indiana. I know they're all collegiate athletes, but I mean, it's Indiana. It's just like Oklahoma playing Nebraska. I mean, it's just you can't compare the two. Um, Michigan and Michigan State have a big one squaring off against each other this weekend, uh, this coming Saturday. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. You know, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got faith in. Um, I may be doing some reverse psychology here, but I've got faith in um, Mel Tucker and Michigan State. I really do. Um, I like what they're doing over there. You know, they've they've won some close ones. I mean, they've won some by the skin of their teeth. But I think Mel Tucker's gonna have them ready. Um, I just I can't put my faith in Harbaugh. I can't I can't pick Harbaugh to win a game. I just can't. I don't. It's not that I don't like him as a person. I've never met him. Not gonna judge the guy. I do not like the football coach that he is. Um, you know I just he doesn't impress me. He always seems to lose the big. He can never win the big one. I think that's what it comes down to for me is he can never win the big one. He comes in every year, hyped up. Media t media hypes them up, and they just come out and utterly bust because they play these cupcakes up until 
Um, they get to somebody like, you know, a powerful Michigan State or obviously, you know, the game, Ohio State and Michigan, and they just can't finish. I think that's their big issue is they just can't finish. Um, so, you know, my projection of Mike Gundy, you know, possibility of sneaking into the top four for the playoffs is completely out the window. They lost to, a, at the time, four and two. Um Iowa State team and they have dropped all the way down to 15 so they're completely out of the race as far as I'm concerned um like I said they're probably they may be one of the teams to beat um Oklahoma at the end of the year that's Oklahoma's last I mean that's uh, yeah that's Oklahoma's last game against OK State and I'm hoping that Mike Gundy the mullet man can just um play spoiler in that game and kind of really put the nail in the coffin in Oklahoma. And then, you know, Michigan and Michigan State, I don't know if it's going to shake up the rankings unless it's just really a blowout on either side. Because, um, like I said, it's Michigan at six and Michigan State at eight. I believe if Michigan State wins, they take that six spot and jump to Michigan or, or jump to where Michigan's at. Michigan jumps to where Michigan State's at at number eight. And Ohio, see – so, on the other hand, you've got Michigan and Ohio State. So, if Michigan beats Michigan State, I think the next big game they'll have is against Ohio State. And at that point, like I said, I don't think Harbaugh can finish. I don't think he can. And so, my scenario, um, after all is said and done, I would have to say Georgia won. I'm talking college football playoff. I've got Georgia 1, um, Cincy at 2, Alabama at 3, and then Oklahoma will be knocked out, obviously. Ohio State will move into that 4 spot. Uh, Michigan State, see, I, it's hard. Like, like I just said, I can't pick Harbaugh, but at the same time, I've, I just, I've got the scenario that I have picked out is putting Ohio State at 4 and... Michigan and Ohio State playing each other in the game and Michigan beating them and Michigan hopping in that four spot. And then what happens? So, I mean, it's it's crazy right now. There's a bunch that could happen. I, I could be completely wrong about Oklahoma. They could show up in the next few weeks and it could be Georgia, Cincy, uh, Alabama, and Oklahoma. And that's what we get to see. And we'll only get to see one new team in the college football playoff. And I'm just really rooting against that. I just really don't want to see that. I would like to see something new. Alabama and Cincinnati would be fun to watch in the first round, though. I do have to, I do have to admit that would be pretty fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, but right now, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that um, Michigan State beats Michigan, and we don't have to worry about seeing Harbaugh in the playoffs. But I also don't want to see. Um, um, what's his name? Ryan Day. Um, in the um college football playoff either. Sorry, I was trying to find Michigan State's schedule really quick and pull it up. Um, see, cause that I mean that's also a scenario where you, we could see Michigan State slip in at that four because they also play Ohio State. Um. 
So, like I said, if Michigan State upsets Michigan, jumps into that six spot, Ohio State's at five. By the time that they get there, it's six. It's five v six. Um, and Michigan State and Mel Tucker handle business there. Um, I mean, it could it could really shake some things up, in my opinion. Um, I don't think Cincinnati really has anything to worry about right now. Um, I think the rest of their schedule is it's pretty pretty. I won't say cupcake, um, but definitely not anything too tough that they won't you know they won't be able to handle. Yeah, I mean they play Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU would probably be the best game that they have on November twentieth. And then they play, they finish off the season against East Carolina. So, yeah, SMU'd probably be the only game that would really give them any issues. Um, but again, like I said, any given Saturday, um, I mean, they almost lost to Navy, a 1 in 5 Navy team. And now they got to go to Tulane and play a 1 in 6 Tulane team. So, you just don't know. Tulane's the same team that lost to uh, Oklahoma by seven. So, I mean, you just never know. It depends on who shows up and who doesn't. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of things could happen right now. I I am okay with the AP poll and the rankings. Um, I'm also glad that Notre Dame is on down the list, and they hopefully will not be considered for um, the college football playoff this year. That's what I'm really banking on, and I really hope. Because if there's one thing I do not want to see it's Notre Dame in the college football playoff. It's boring. It's old. It's kind of like Alabama. I mean, it's kind of boring to see Alabama in the college football playoff. It's Bama fatigue. I have Irish fatigue. I just I don't like them. I'm tired of seeing them. I was tired of seeing them after we beat them in the BCS. That's just how it is. I I think they're a joke. I think they're overhyped. Um, every single year, year in, year out, overhyped. Um. Auburn checking in at 18. They went up one spot. I guess they did good on their bye week. They get to move up a little bit. Um, yeah, Coastal Carolina drops to 24. And then BYU just doing their thing. Iowa State moves up to 22 after beating Mike Gundy. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of this. Um, like I said, I don't want to make any big scenarios. I'm really excited to see... Um, the college football playoff come out. I, the one scenario I would love to see is for uh, Michigan State to beat Michigan. Michigan State hops to six. Ohio State remains at five. Um, and then um, Michigan State and Ohio State determines who gets that four spot. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and X Oklahoma out of any AP top uh, AP top poll after this Texas Tech game. Um you know, like I said, the Red Raiders, if they show up, they'll beat them. If they don't show up, Oklahoma will win by 20. Um, so I don't want to hear anything about Oklahoma near a college football playoff berth after they lose the next – or after they lose two out of the next four games that they have to play. I don't want to hear them. I don't want to hear them. Um, also don't want to hear about Ohio State being that four spot because I promise it won't last long. So I 
I just I hope the college football playoff committee sees everything that everybody else sees. Oklahoma, not a probably the awfulest undefeated team, um, performance wise in uh, college football right now, without a doubt. Ohio State, people are saying they're back. Like I said earlier, I haven't seen it. You've got to you got to prove it to me, okay? I have not seen it. I haven't seen a glimpse of anything. I mean, you beat Indiana 50, I think it's 54 to 7. Congratulations. It's Indiana. You're supposed to do that to teams like that. So, with that, um Wake Forest number 13. Um an absolute shootout. An awesome game to watch, nonetheless, but an absolute shootout. Um, it was fun to watch. You know, I went fishing this weekend, and um, uh, who I went fishing with, they they live on uh, Lake Jordan, so we just kind of pulled the boat up and got off and watched a little football to take a little break. Um, not to brag or anything, we did catch 10 this weekend, so it was a pretty great weekend. Can't complain. Um, but yeah, Wake Forest in an absolute shootout. We did get to watch that game while we were taking our little break in between. Because um, it did start to get a little hot out there this weekend. Um, I thought it was October, not July. So I'm hoping it cools off pretty quick. It did not feel like football weather Saturday. Friday night at my football game, it definitely felt like football weather. But Saturday, it heated up real quick. Um, so yeah, uh, Wake Forest ends up beating Army. 70 to 56 um huge shootout game um wake forest let's see wake forest had 638 total yards uh army had 595 so not far behind this is what's crazy so passing wise wake forest passes for 458 yards army passes for 179 Rushing-wise, Wake Forest, 180. Army, 416 yards rushing. That is absolutely insane. Now, I'm a defensive guy. I'm a defense coordinator at the, at the school I coach at, and I love defense. But this shootout was fun to watch. I am a fan of shootouts when I have nothing to do with the game. I mean, it was it was very fun to watch. Um, Army only passed the ball 13 times and then ran it 70. I kid you not. Rushing attempts for Wake Forest were 23. Um, excuse me, it was 23. And Army's rushing attempts, 70. And they averaged, they averaged almost six yards a rush. I mean, that's absolutely insane. The time of possession for Army was 42 minutes and 43 seconds. They basically owned every asset of the game. But what killed them were the two turnovers that they had. They lost a fumble, and they threw an interception, and lost by two touchdowns. So you think about it. Army doesn't turn the ball over those two times, and they score on both of those drives, and... Just like that, we've got a a, um, a tied ball game 
I mean, you take those two scores away from Wake Forest that I'm sure they scored on those two turnovers right there. They capitalized. And you take those away, and who knows what happens. Maybe Army beats Wake Forest. Maybe um, maybe they go into overtime. We'll get into that overtime thriller, Penn State and Illinois, in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, if you want to be, I mean, brutally honest, Army dominated this game. They were 3-for-4 on fourth downs, 9-for-16 on third downs, and, I, I mean, just absolutely dominated. Like I said, they they ran they ran the football seventy times, seventy, and had the ball for forty two, almost forty three minutes of game time. That is crazy, and still lost the ball game. Still lost the ball game. But yeah, I mean that was a great. It was fun to watch. It was very fun to watch. Um, you know. Like I said, you take those two turnovers away, maybe we're watching another nine-overtime thriller. I don't know. Who knows what happens at this point? But, I mean, we'll never know. Wake Forest got the win. Huge win. They had a big game. I, I think there was 21 points scored between the two teams within a matter of uh, 45 seconds or a minute. I mean, Army gets the ball on the 25, goes right down the field on one play, scores. Wake Forest comes back and does the same thing. Or no, excuse me. Wake Forest gets the ball, scores, one play. Army gets the ball, scores, one play. Wake Forest gets the ball back, throws a slant route, it goes 75. And you're just sitting there like, what happened? I mean, in the blink of an eye, I mean, it was just bam, bam, bam. So, I mean, it was a great game to watch. It was really fun. Um, if you love shootouts, it was definitely one to tune into. Like I said, when my... <laughs> when, when I don't have a dog in the fight, I love a shootout. It's fun to watch people score. That um that Clemson Georgia game was miserable to watch, um in my opinion at the beginning of the year, miserable. Ten to seven, boring. Put me to sleep. But anyway, speaking of overtime, I think you guys know where we're going with this, and it has got to be one of the craziest games that I didn't even get to watch. I did not even get to watch it. I was on the water catching fish at the time. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like I was, you know, at a wedding or doing something not enjoyable. I mean, I was on the water fishing. I was having a great time. Um, so, first things first, let's go over the new rules that the uh, NCAA has put in. In 2021, for overtime... Um, obviously, a couple years ago, 2018, um, LSU and Texas A&M went in that huge overtime. It was a seven-overtime period with the old rules, um, and Texas A&M ended up winning 74-72, to um, seven-overtime thriller. It was absolutely insane. I stayed up to I think it was – I think the game ended at like 1230, and I, I have worked the next morning, did not care. I'm glad I was able – excuse me – to witness a game like that. So, uh, let's get the rundown. Um, overtime rules in 2021, an attempt less than the number of plays running overtime period. So, teams are now required to run a two-point conversion after a touchdown beginning in the second overtime period, which is, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's cool. Um, and 
let's see, previously that began in the third overtime period. So they just bumped it up in overtime, kind of shortened it a little bit like they were planning on doing. So here's the big kicker. Uh, additionally, teams will begin running alternating two-point conversion attempts if the game reaches a third overtime. So it's it's one play. It's one and done. So you either convert from the three-yard line or you don't. And you give the ball to the uh, to the to the other team, and they either convert from the three yard line or they don't, and it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I don't know. Um, I, I just don't. I feel like there's a better way. I mean, they went in overtime ten to ten, and the final was twenty to eighteen. It's kind of weird. Um, but I just don't. Let's see. Let's see if this explains it a little bit better. In each of the first two overtime periods, teams are granted one possession beginning at the opponent's 25-yard line unless a penalty occurs to move them back. The offense can place the ball anywhere, on or between the hash marks. All that's new. Uh, alternated two-point conversions play instead of offense possessions. See, I just don't, I just don't agree with that because I feel like, I feel like it's very easy. I mean, obviously somebody's got to lose at some point, but you just went from running seven overtimes granted more plays but seven overtimes and we just witnessed nine overtimes this weekend and I just don't I don't know if that's the answer I put placing the ball at the three yard line and getting one play I mean I I would like my odds I really would I would like my odds because I mean your offense isn't getting tired but your defense is absolutely slammed at this point so you're really not saving the defense a whole lot of breath. I just I don't under I don't understand. I feel like there's a better option. Like maybe you go maybe you go ten and in, so you you get you know you get four plays from the from the ten yard line instead of four plays from the twenty five or no it wouldn't even be that it'd be more. So yeah, so why not give it like a a first and goal feel? So you've got it's basically for the score. Um, for all you people that used to play behind the bleachers at football games, it's for the score. There is no first down. So you start on the 10, you get your four plays, and then you give it back to the other team. Now, obviously, in the second overtime period, if you reach that, you go uh, for the score, but you've got four to score, but you've got to start going for two, which is obvious. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do. I just don't see why... The, you reach the third overtime and you just go in from the three. I, you get one play to go in for the three. I feel like that's very easy to to score on, um, very easy to scheme against defensively, because there's only so many things you can do within the three yard line. So I I don't know. I, um, I'm gonna assume that you don't get to kick field goals for your one play. I don't know why you would. Um unless you just felt like you couldn't score at all. I know some coaches that would probably do that. Um, well, I know of. I've seen some coaches on TV that would probably do that. Not going to name any names, though. But, yeah, I just don't understand the the thought process behind a two-point conversion on the three-yard line. I don't know. That's why they get paid to make these decisions, and I get to sit here and talk about them. But, anyway, so, yeah, so like I said about the game, um, ended up being twenty to eighteen. They went in overtime. It's ten. Uh, it was ten to ten. I believe 
Um, the Penn State backup ended up having to come in by the end of the game, which is kind of crappy. Um, I know that Sean Clifford worked his tail off to get back in. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure what kind of injury he had. I know that he was dealing with something that was kind of lingering. Uh, he went 19 for 34, 165 yards, and uh, their lone touchdown that they had on the day. And I just I, I I hate it for him. I hate it for Sean Clifford. I do think he's a he's a he's a good quarterback. Um, from what I understand, he's a great leader. Um, I've heard uh, James Franklin talk about him a lot in his press conferences and how he's you know always around team events. Um, anything anything that he can do to better himself and the team, he's going to be in the middle of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I really hate that he had to come out um, by the end of the game, especially in, in in a game like that. I know it was killing him to be in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. You got to, I mean, you got to know when you got to know when to call it. You got to know when enough is enough. Um, I'm sure that it wasn't his decision. I'm sure he didn't come over the side and say, "Hey, take me out. I can't do this." Um, but it's just a business. It's a business decision. That's all it comes down to. But, yeah, great game. Great nine-overtime thriller. Uh, first nine-overtime game in college football history, I'm sure. I don't know of anything else that would top that. Um, I don't know of anything else that has topped that. So, let's move on to the NFL. And when I say NFL, I'm mainly going to talk Titans. Um, that's my team. Always has been. Um, I lived through the 2 and 14s, and I'm going to be able to talk about the good times for now, and if times get bad, I'll be talking about those too, so y'all just hang with me. So, the Titans absolutely rolled the Chiefs. Absolutely rolled the Chiefs. It was so fun to see Patrick Mahomes struggle the way he did now i'm not talking about his injury um I, I hate that he was injured the guy's a great player the media ruins patrick mahomes for me they hype him up so much they they put all this stuff right in front of your face if it's not if it's not tom brady they're talking about patrick mahomes and then a, a sprinkle of josh allen i was so happy to see him i would even if it even if it wasn't the Titans, I think I would have still been yelling just as loud because he threw two picks, fumbled. It may have only been one interception. He threw one interception, uh, fumbled. It, he struggled all game. wasn't hitting his targets. It was great. Uh, the defense, uh, the Titans defense, the secondary absolutely showed up to play. I was scrolling through Twitter earlier this morning and. Um, Saw a bunch of people saying, I hope our pass rush is there because our coverage sure isn't going to be. Our pass rush was there, but our pass rush was there because the coverage allowed it. The coverage was blanketing every receiver downfield. They never once, except for, well, Janoris Jenkins let one, let Pringle get by him once, but, I mean, the ball was out of play. We're all good. Still got to stay in his hip pocket, play through the play. Um... But besides that, I can't recall one time when anybody got behind the Titans secondary. 
Um, offensively, Derrick Henry didn't have a big game. He obviously did what he does. He makes teams stack the box. Tannehill was perfect up until about uh, three-quarters of the way through the first half, I would say. Um, at one point, I believe he was 10 for 10. Um, he threw a uh, he threw a crap interception later on in the game, but it didn't amount to anything for the Chiefs, so that's all right. Um, A.J. Brown had a heck of a game. A heck of a game. Um, Tennessee was up 27-0 at halftime, and I was losing my mind. I knew it was going to be good when we took the ball 97 yards methodically. That drive was just so methodical. It was just boom, boom, boom. It's, you know, run here, run here, play action. And then out of nowhere, we're coming out and empty. We're converting on third downs. Uh, we're doing the little things right. Um, took it all the way down the field, scored, you know, didn't kick a field goal and leave points on the board. I mean, it, it was a great day all around. Uh, A.J. Brown... Good Lord. Um, he, let's see, he had eight receptions um, on nine targets for 133 yards and a touchdown. And he had 100 yards receiving before halftime. A hundred yards receiving before halftime. And I know he called a, it was controversial, but I think, I, unbiased, it was a catch. I mean, the guy survived the ground. It was a, Tannehill put one right in the bread basket. A.J. Brown catches it on the sideline, um, takes his two steps, get, gets his feet in, um, knee hits as he's controlling the ball, uh, knee hits, elbow hits, and then the ball pops out. So, I mean, he, he had already survived the ground and just kind of let go of the ball. It could have been controversial. It could have gone either way. It went our way. I'm glad because, for one, obviously tighten up. For two... Um, he's on my fantasy team and probably secured me the dub this week. So, thank you, A.J. Brown. Um, let's see. So, let's see. Titans play the Colts. That's right. I talked about that earlier. I don't know why I kind of blanked there. Um, yeah, so the Titans have a divisional game um, against the Colts in Indianapolis and I don't know I'm not gonna the Titans have lost to the Jets this year and given them their lone win so I'm not gonna say that they're gonna blow the Colts out because I, I mean we've already hit rock bottom uh, me and a buddy were talking about it earlier we, I, the Jets was rock bottom and sometimes that's good to hit because you can only go up uh, you know the Titans came back and won uh, the Monday night football game against the Bills. Then they come out here and destroy the Chiefs. Um, things are looking great, but um, every Sunday is a new Sunday. And you've got to be ready to face any team. Because, again, these guys are NFL caliber talents. Um, Colts are going to be feeling good. They just beat the 49ers. I believe it was 30-18. to 18. Uh, So they're feeling good. They're feeling like they did something right. Um, they also beat them in a pouring rain. I mean, it was absolutely coming down. So, you know, props to the Colts, but I just, I fully believe that we're going to roll in there and do what we do and get out of there with a dub. And, um, you know, we obviously have the lead in the AFC South. The AFC South is so bad. It's so bad right now. 
I think the AFC in general is bad right now. Um, besides uh, the Titans, um, I'm not even going to say the Chiefs. Chiefs are pretty bad. Uh, the Bills, I believe the Bills are in the AFC. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, yeah, I just the AFC is not very strong this year. The AFC South in particular is never really strong. Um, but it's really bad this year. The Texans are bad. The Jags are bad. Um, the Colts aren't very good. And then you've got the Titans at the top of the division um, just doing what they do. King Henry doing his thing. Uh, Tana Wheels doing what he does. Tana Thrill, whatever you want to call him. Doing what he does. Um, so I'm excited to watch that next week as well. And then after that, they play Sunday night football against the Rams. Um, I'm excited for that. But after that game, if I can just get through that next game, after, or if I can just get through these next two games, I'll be there to witness them take on the Saints um, in Nissan Stadium, and I cannot be more excited, more ecstatic for that. Um, we're going to have a great trip. Um, I'm going with my, uh, um, my girlfriend and her family. We're going up there, and... Uh, it's just going to be a great time. We're going up there for my 21st birthday. Um, you know, Hannah's amazing. She got these tickets. Um, uh, after I, you know, I told her, I said, look, it'd be great to go, but if all we can do is just go to Nashville, I'll be happy with that because I've never been to Nashville. Um, she's talked about it. Her and her family have so much, and they love it and how beautiful it is and how much fun it is over there, all the things you get to see and do, and it just ended up that they are playing at home, and and she got the tickets, and um, I don't know where we're sitting at exactly. I'm sure they're great seats. Um, so, yeah, I could not be more excited. Uh, I could not be more thankful um, for her and, you know, everything that she's doing to put this whole trip together, her and her family. Um you know, doing everything they can to get me down, get me up there so that I can, you know, not only see the game, but see Nashville itself. They they feel like that's something that would be really cool. Um, her mom's birthday is also November 6th. Mine is the 2nd. So we're going to go up there and celebrate and have a great time and um, watch some Titans football. And I'm excited. Hopefully it's a win. Um, hopefully I'm not a bad, you know, like, a, like some bad juju or anything. And, uh, the Titans come out of there with a win, and we get to hang out on Broadway and um, visit all the places on Broadway and, you know, yell Titan up to a bunch of fans after a great win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's all I've got for you guys. I try not to make these too terribly long. I know the last one was about 45 minutes. Um, this one's going to be closer to an hour. That's okay. Um, I don't... <laughs> A lot of you guys probably don't even listen this far in. I'm just glad that you click on it and uh, at least give it a shot. Uh, this is just something I like to do um, to rattle some things off that, that I've seen over the weekend. Uh, everything is my opinion. Um, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, so take it how you will. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you've made it this far, congratulations. Um, I appreciate it very much, and um, I will see you guys next Monday. Thank you.